You're listening to Mountain View Church Audio. My name's Jeremy, and I'm a local pastor here in Whitehorse, Yukon Territory. Each week, we bring you a fresh message designed to help you encounter Jesus through biblical instruction. You don't have to know anything about the Bible. We're just glad you're here. It's really great to be with you here. As, uh, as Nick said, I'm with the Church Life Cycles team. Uh, I'm the rookie in the fellowship office. I've only been there since uh, September. Uh, so uh, th- that isn't why I'm in Whitehorse. It wasn't that the new guy got sent to Whitehorse. Although Kathy, uh, my wife, is here. Um, she calculated that if we had gone the same distance south as we came north yesterday, we would be in northern Mexico. Um, as tempting as that is, we're really glad to be with you here on uh, your Fellowship Sunday. Um, this is a big day for you. Um, as you complete this phase of your project and as you see where God is leading you from here. And we also are are glad to be able to work with you in administering this project. The the mission of our fellowship is um, leveraging the collective strength of our churches to achieve an unforgettable God-honoring impact. And this congregation has been partnering with us in that mission for decades. Um, 20 years ago, I came, I was pastoring in Prince George at the time, and I came up and spoke at your family camp uh, out at Marsh Lake over, uh, over the Thanksgiving. And um, yeah, you were very nice to me, especially not only coming from outside, but coming from that province which shall not be named. Um, and uh, you were very nice to me, except for one thing. I made some comment about being uh, about pastoring in the north, and you mocked me mercilessly. But other than that, you were quite nice. A couple of years later, um, my uh, a group from our church youth and youth leaders came up and worked in the camp for a couple of weeks, and our daughter was part of that. And just a couple of weeks ago, uh, Jeremy went with us, with our team, to Cranbrook to do a consultation in our fellowship church there. And... Uh, and he had a lot of street cred, um, partly because he said some wise things and partly because he has ministry experience in one of the few places that's more redneck than the Kootenays. <clears throat> Sorry, did I say that out loud? Amen. That's for laughing at me for being a northern pastor. Um, now, one of the things uh, uh, on the, you, can, you can fill out the pledge card and either drop it in the offering bucket or, or give it to me, um, or you can also go online to your church website uh, on the, on the um, building project um, uh, link is a, are buttons at the bottom to either pledge or give, and those links, they link directly to our fellowship office, and so um, some people in our office are administrating this, this whole project for you. Um, I understand the energy and the nervousness that you are feeling today. I've been exactly where you are a few times. The most recent one was just this last year. We had a tiny project compared with what you're doing. We were trying to raise something like $25,000 to buy new chairs for our our, uh, auditorium. And we were coming up to the last week of our campaign, and we were still $10,000 short. 
Now, part of the problem of that was I was preaching through Mark at the time, and the, that Sunday I was having to preach on where Jesus cursed the fig tree. And then he did that great teaching on faith and prayer. And um, I know that in hindsight that might seem like strategic genius, but it was totally unintentional. In fact, when I realized that that Sunday and that text were on a collision course, I went to God and said, this is not funny. From the time, you know, the offering was taken, I got up and talked about how if you have faith and don't doubt, you can not only wither fig trees, but you can throw mountains in the sea and you can get whatever you ask for in prayer. And then they were going to count the money and I didn't know whether we were going to beat the goal or not. And so I went through quite a crisis of faith during the week thinking about how that could play out. And uh, I had to confess that to our congregation, and they, like God, thought it was funny. Um, but we met our goal. Now, I don't know how you're going to do here. You are taking a big step of faith. As a church, this is a big project, and, uh, and, and we're, we're just so happy for you in, that you're taking this step of faith. But as individuals, you're also taking a step of faith to sacrifice to see this new building um, become a reality for the Lord and for the city. And I can't find anywhere in the Bible where God criticizes anyone for having too much faith. He knows, he loves it when we trust him for big things and uh, when we do it for the right reasons. And so our prayer for you is that you will be overwhelmed and inspired by God's grace through this project that this project will result in many people coming to faith, marriages being saved, kids being shepherded through their youth years, um, families being supported and growing in their walk with God. And one passage of Scripture I'll just leave with you, uh, Ephesians 3, 20 and 21. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. It's a great to be with you here today. Thanks, Mike. Another round of applause for Mike. Thank you so much. Again, when you have those pledge cards, they're going to be uh, collected, and Mike will be taking those, um, and Fellowship Pacific will be facilitating all that. All right. It was the 1940s. Amidst the hectic activity and population explosion related to the construction of the Alaska Highway, a small evangelical movement was started in Whitehorse alongside the military chapels and existing churches. When Reverend and Mrs. Harold Lee arrived in Whitehorse on May 5, 1946, although planning to go to Alaska with the Alaska Evangelization Society, the Lees saw the need and decided to locate in Whitehorse. Reverend Lee, a man with boundless energy, held meetings in the local theater and in the U.S. Army Chapel before renovating a dilapidated garage and moving it to a rented property on 2nd Avenue and Steele. 
On September 8th, 1946, it was dedicated as the Gospel Chapel, replete with a $50 piano and a donated pulpit. The next year, the garage, quote-unquote, was replaced with a more suitable building obtained with crown assets. The property was also purchased. On October 5th, 1947, it became known as Whitehorse Gospel Chapel. Just under a decade later, on June 25th, 1955, after the congregation of the Whitehorse Gospel Chapel had drafted and approved a constitution and was incorporated under a new name, Whitehorse Independent Baptist Church. The following year, the name was officially changed to Whitehorse Baptist Church. On May 21st, 1957, plans for a new church building to be located at 2nd Avenue and Rogers Street, right here, were presented and approved by the congregation. And so the fundraising and building began. By the fall, the project had drawn some attention and the White Horse Star highlighted the activity. Not since the turn of the century has there been such church building activity. While service chapels have appeared since military personnel arrived, and in the city itself, buildings have been converted to churches, many decades passed before completely new churches were planned. Construction of new churches point to growing maturity and stability in Whitehorse. When people start building with concrete, they are starting to stay. Whitehorse Star, October 10th, 1957. Almost four years later, on October 9th, 1961, the new building was dedicated. A few days later, the Whitehorse Star again wrote about the building with the following article, titled, Baptist Church Debt-Free After Dedication. Sunday marked a highlight. For the past year, the Baptist congregation has utilized the spacious basement of the church building at 2nd and Rogers since moving from the former location on Steel Street. The interior of the church is finished in a combination of spotless white walls and ceiling with embossed plywood in the balcony. Anyone remember that? Complemented with beautiful finished oak pews. Remember that? Blue carpeting in the center aisle and on the platform and deep blue drapery framed the baptistry made a lovely background for the delicate flowers placed on the communion table in memory of Reverend Harold Lee, in whose memory the church was dedicated. Reverend W.J. Lang of Calgary officiated at the service of dedication the pastor announced Whitehorse Baptist Church was free of indebtedness except for a last few hundred dollars. Whereupon the congregation promptly reached into its pockets to clear away the remainder of the building account. This church is built and maintained by free will gifts of a people who love the Savior, who gave his life to redeem a lost humanity, remarked Reverend Lang. Your only indebtedness now is to get the gospel to all the world. Whitehorse Star, April 13th, 1961. Reverend Lang's words, 
Your only indebtedness is to get the gospel into the world. We're spoken from right here, 58 years ago. And history has an interesting way of repeating itself. You know, I, I wonder, when Reverend Harold Lee moved from the theater and, and, and turned a garage into a church building, there was probably a lot of excitement and hope, and people said, I can't wait till we have our own building. But maybe there was some with fear and anxiety that said, isn't the theater good enough? When Reverend Lee renovated a new structure instead of the garage, maybe there was even people that thought, I kind of like the garage better. But then in 1957, when the initial fundraising began, and they looked to this location, this corner, 2nd Avenue and Rogers and do you think maybe there was some that were so filled with excitement and hope and, and said, I can't wait till we have our new building on Rogers and Second. Won't it be amazing? But maybe there was some that were filled with anxiety and fear and said, isn't our building on Steel Street good enough? You see, the people change. <laughs> the materials change. The places change. The dollar figure changes. But history has a way of repeating itself. People tend to repeat themselves. And so here we are again. 58 years later, after this building was dedicated, looking to a new project, a new location, some of us filled with excitement and hope, not being able to stand it, you can't wait to get over there. And some of us, you know, me included, with fear and anxiety, are we doing the right thing? Maybe we're just supposed to stay. Because it's easier to stay. It's always easier to stay. We've been doing a series on uh, dollars and cents. My Bible disappeared. That's interesting. That's a first. Maybe it's in my office. Hold that thought. Yes. Thought I brought it out there. Like I said, we're doing a series on dollars and cents. Man, outhouse, forget my Bible. Wow, we're really winning today. Okay, so we're going through a series, dollars and cents, proverbial wisdom to bank on. And we started this series looking at King Solomon, where he makes a, a prayerful request to God that of anything he could have had, riches, long life, he says, give me wisdom. Give me the ability to make good decisions. And so God was so impressed with that. And he said, I will give you wisdom so that has never been seen before and never seen after. That other than Jesus, King Solomon might have been the wisest man ever lived. And King Solomon left us some wisdom literature, and one of them is the book of Proverbs. And in the book of Proverbs, there's some financial advice in there about debt and greed. Some of the stuff we walked through, laziest, hard work. And today we're going to start unpacking what he says about giving and what it does for us and what it does for the future. So go ahead and uh, grab a Bible under the seat in front of you if you don't have one. The information for our Wi-Fi password and our, uh, our Bible app is on the screen. You can do that too if you have a mobile device. Uh, Proverbs is in the middle of your Bible, right about in the middle. And if you can't find it, no worries. You can always go to the table of contents in the front and look up Proverbs. You'll find it, page number. And then uh, we're going to chapter 11. Big numbers, and then we're going to go to verse 24, small numbers. 
Proverbs 11, 24 to 30. Here's what King Solomon wrote. One gives freely, yet grows all the richer. Another withholds what he should give and only suffers want. Whoever brings blessing will be enriched, and one who waters will himself be watered. The people curse him who holds back grain, but a blessing is on the head of him who sells it. Whoever diligently seeks good seeks favor, but evil comes to him who searches for it. Whoever trusts in his riches will fall, but the righteous will flourish like a green leaf. Whoever troubles his own household will inherit the wind, and the fool will be the servant to the wise of heart. The, right, the fruit of the righteous is a tree of life, and whoever captures souls is wise. So I want to consider the impact of giving this morning. I want to consider the impact of giving. Now, we see here first, we see that there's a couple statements here in these verses 24 and 25. It talks about one who gives freely uh, yet grows all the richer. You know, whoever brings blessing will be enriched. Uh, one who waters will himself be watered. But it also says whoever withholds what he should give only suffers want. There's this idea, this internal impact that happens that when we give of ourselves, when we give the many blessings that we have, monetary, possessions, investments, whatever we have, when we give it over, we, we build inside ourselves some internal impact. We are enriched. And if you look a little further, in verse 28, whoever trusts in, trusts in his riches will fall, but the righteous will flourish like a green leaf. You know, in this set of Proverbs, there's this idea that people who give, and that enriches themselves, but there's a connection of giving and righteousness. That righteous people don't want to hoard it to themselves. They don't want to mount up tons of cash and properties for themselves. They, they, they want to give it away. That, that giving and righteousness is connected. And we see this with Jesus, for sure. But we see this throughout God's people, throughout the entire scripture. Giving and righteousness is, is connected. You know, I had this interesting experience this week. I had an opportunity, we, uh, Nicole and I, we, my, like many of you, you know, we've decided we're going to pledge monthly, but we also wanted to give a larger pre pledge uh, to kind of boost things, and so we want to do both, and so went to sell some investments, and so I'm in the line, and uh, the gal behind the counter, she says, okay, what are you here for, sir? And I said, oh, I'd like to sell some investments, and, and uh, the guy behind me, he's like, you know, he's kind of like, I don't know if he thought, oh, this guy's selling some investments, like, is the stock market crashing, and I didn't know, he all of a sudden got really, really concerned, he's like, okay, wait a second, why are you, why are you selling investments, he was very, very concerned, clearly he was concerned about his cash, and, and I, I just told him, I said, oh, no, 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 no worries, uh, my, my church is, the church I go to, Mountain View Church, it's doing a, a building project, and this Sunday's Pledge Sunday, and trying to get our finances together, would like to give some, Okay, wait a second, you're selling your investments to give it to the church? Yeah. And then he says, what are you, like a banker or a businessman or something? You're a miner? <laughs> no, 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 I'm the pastor. 
And he was just like, okay, wait a second. So you're the pastor. Don't they pay you? Well, yeah, they pay you. And then you give it back to them? Yeah, that's how it works. It's really fun. Okay, he was totally oblivious. But he started talking to me about all his investments and things he does. And I could definitely hear from him. He, you know, what I heard, it's like, man, I'm studying this passage and I'm hearing this, hearing this stuff that, like, he, he very, very concerned about his wealth and investments and everything. But you could kind of hear this air that there's never enough. Why would you ever give it away? So anyway, the man behind the counter, he says, oh, come on back, Mr. Norton. So we sit back in the office, and I tell him what I'm doing, and, and, he, and he says, oh, why are you selling your investments? I, I said, well, I, you know, same kind of spiel. Our church is doing a new building, and I, I want to help give a boost. And, and, he says, and he says, well, you'll never go wrong with that investment. Oh, yeah? And he says, well, now you're investing in something eternal. And I found out he was actually a Christian, and we went on to have this amazing conversation. He had been a part of a building project and gave and, and was able to do some investments for his building project that he was on. And it was this amazing conversation. And he, he, here in one little situation, I saw like the black and the white and, and, and the total contrast of, of you can never get enough investments, never ever give it away to you can only give away, if you give investments to the kingdom and to eternity, it'll always pay off. It's always worth it. Take my word for it. So that was so interesting to me, the internal impact. And we talked about how amazing it was to be able to give of ourselves, to be able to sacrifice of ourselves, to, to be able to take something that we had of great value and to give it away to Jesus' work. But then I started looking through this passage a bit more, and then I got to verse 30. And verse 30 is a fascinating, fascinating passage. It, it says, the fruit of the righteous, okay, we already talked about the righteous. They're giving people, giving people and righteousness. These things go hand in hand, and, and, and they're enriched. The righteous is, uh, sorry, the fruit of the righteous is a tree of life, okay? It's living, like that green leaf it talked about earlier. And whoever captures souls is wise. And that fascinated me. Solomon, written centuries and centuries, millennia ago. And, and, and he says, whoever captures souls is wise. And I couldn't help it. I, I went down the rabbit hole. If you have a study Bible or if you have a Bible app, you're going to notice footnotes. When you see footnotes and, and a question mark comes, don't stop. This is one of the most beautiful things of Scripture because 66 books in this Bible and they so interconnect and you start looking at footnotes and you start unpacking and there, there's a journey that's there and people have done the work to connect similar passages together. And so I click on that footnote and, and, and all of a sudden it, it starts opening up to some New Testament principles. See, we're in the Old Testament and it starts, it starts layering the story for me and, and it leads to a passage from James James being Jesus' little brother, and it says, Whoever brings back a sinner from his wandering will save his soul from death and will cover a multitude of sins. I'm like, wow. Righteousness, giving to save souls. That's what it's all about. Well, then I went deeper down the rabbit hole, and I started looking at more footnotes, and it gets to, uh, it sends me to 1 Corinthians 9, the Apostle Paul writing to a church in the first century, a very modern church with all sorts of modern problems of growth and identity and sexuality and race and all these different things, and he writes to them, he says, for though I am free from all, I have made myself a servant to all, that I might win more of them. I have become all things to all people that by all means I might save some. I do it all for the sake of the gospel that I might share with them and its blessings. 
You see, there's one thing to be giving, and that giving enriches us and leads to righteousness. But what, what Solomon is writing here about capturing souls that, that threads the story through the entirety of Scripture, it's always been about capturing souls. And it's not even through the early church. For 2,000 years, people have been giving of themselves. And whether it be a property, a building, a project, whatever it is, the goal is to capture souls, to reach people for Jesus Christ. That's the entire narrative. Reverend Lee, with all his passion and his excitement, it wasn't that there wasn't churches here. It's that there wasn't an evangelical work, that the message of Jesus Christ and the gospel was not being proclaimed the way it should. The church had become stagnant, and Reverend Lee said, that is not acceptable. And so he planted the first evangelical work that grew into a gospel chapel. And those people organized and, and their footprint got bigger, but it was always about reaching people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that footprint continues to grow, to grow to the moment where in 1957, they gather around and they envision this building. And for 58 years, how many people right where you're sitting have given their life to Jesus? Because in 1957, they said through all their anxiety and fear, we will do this. And on the deck dedication service four years later in that moment they're in these seats well wood pews but envision you're in a wood pew only comfy okay and you're in these pews and in that moment they reach in their pockets they clear the debt they were in there in their first dedication service and reverend lang stood right here and reminded them do not build this building and make it about you do not, do not take this building and make it about church folk for church things, doing church stuff for church kids. It's not about that. Your only, his words, your only indebtedness now is to bring the gospel to the world. From Reverend Lee in 1946 to Reverend Lang in 1961 and all the way for 58 years, the mission of Whitehorse Gospel Chapel, Whitehorse Baptist Church, now Mountain View Church, has always been about bringing the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world. For some reason, in this group, we're here in Whitehorse. It's our job. And so today, we're not giving just to a building. We're continuing a long legacy of increasing our footprint so that more people might know who we are, so that more people might wander in and wonder, what's with those people? And we'll tell them about Jesus over and over and Lord willing, maybe in the new building, we'll have 58 years of what? Over 1,000 people, maybe? I don't even know over 58 years. How many times has the gospel been preached from right here? Kids programs, VBSs, things downstairs. How many times has salvation through Jesus Christ been proclaimed in this building over 58 years? Thousands upon thousands. May that be the same. Before we close with a final song, we're going to take communion. Huh. <laughs> My Bible. So we're going to need Jesus' blood. We're going to need uh, some communion juice. Is it downstairs? Probably in the fridge. We did have that one Sunday. If you were there that Sunday, you remember that Sunday. So the juice being in the fridge is a good thing. Some of you remember. <laughs> We've had a lot of fun in this building, haven't we? 
I'm going uh, to turn into 1 Corinthians 11 if you want to turn there with me. Before we sing one last time, before we give our pledges, give our gifts, we're going to take communion together. Something that has been done since that very first night uh, when Jesus did it with his disciples. And we're going to read in 1 Corinthians where Paul is, is talking to a modern church at that time to say, hey, this is what Jesus passed on to me and now I'm going to pass it on to you. Let's do this together. And for 2,000 years, it's been done. And uh, for 58 years, it's been done right here. So we're going to do it again. To remind ourselves what it's really all about. That God loved us so much. That he loved you so much. That he created you to be in a relationship with you, but our sin separated us from that relationship but that he sent his son, he made a plan, and that his son would take your sin, take my sin on the cross, and that a payment, which is so pertinent today, the, the debt was paid on the cross. You don't owe him anything. And that's hard to in, envision. If you're new to church, you're like, no, no, you don't know what I've done, Jeremy. It doesn't matter. Jesus paid it all. But the beauty is he didn't stay dead. Three days later, he rose from the grave. He conquered your sin, conquered my sin, conquered death. And anyone who gives their life to Jesus can experience that freedom, that new life. The debt is paid. Come on back. Uh, come on forward, Greg. And uh, the ushers can come forward if possible. That'd be great. And uh, we're just going to pray for the bread. Dear Father, we thank you for sending your son, Jesus. It's a hard thing to think about the cross and your son there, his flesh being torn and beaten. And this bread represents the body that was torn. And it's hard for us to understand and to see it. And yet we just want to say thank you. Before we deal with any sort of money and earthly things that we want to give to reach your kingdom, we want to take a moment and remember the sacrifice. And we just want to say thank you. Thank you for sending your son. And Jesus, thank you for choosing to die. In Jesus' name. Ashamed of what I've done, what I've become. These hands are dirty. I dare not lift them up to the Holy
Apostle Paul writing to the Corinthian church, For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the night when he was betrayed took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Father, as we now move to the cup, the atoning cup, the blood that was shed to cover our sin, the punishment that was taken. Father, once again, we thank you. Jesus, we thank you for willingly going to the cross. Again, we ask before uh, we work through our response and looking at this project, may we, may we block that out for a moment and may we settle and be thankful that people all over the world for over 2,000 years have sat just like this and taken this cup and remembered their freedom, remembered the blood that washed away their sin. May we do that today. In Jesus' name. In the same way, also, he took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death. to do something a little different. We're not going to stand to sing. We're going to sing together. 
and I'll ask the ushers to come forward. And in this moment, the big question is, will I give or pledge today? And again, if you're new here, new to church and stuff, this is kind of an in-house thing. You, you can feel free to, to place the bucket by. But the goal here is, will I invest in the kingdom? Will I have a kingdom impact? Will perhaps for 58 years after we're gone and, and this building's gone, will, will I have had an impact? So please sing, reflect, pray, just remain seated. And uh, as buckets go past, feel free to give your gift or your pledge. And again, Mike will collect the pledges at the back when it's done and, uh, and I'll dismiss us. much for being here today. Thank you for being here online. Again, if you want to make a pledge online, you can go to mountainviewwhitehorse.ca, click the building project link, and you can do that. A couple little announcements and reminders. Uh, Please, if you're new, fill out a welcome card, hand it in to the welcome desk. That would be great. Uh, Also, uh, some other reminders. Uh, Today is uh, first Sunday of the month, first and third. We have a newcomer's lunch at 33 Ketza. And so you can get some information at the welcome desk for that. We'd love to uh, get to know you, get you connected. And for more information, go to mountainviewwhitehorse.ca. Thank you so much for being here. Feel free to hang out, have a cup of coffee, and we'll see you next week. You've been listening to Mountain View Church Audio. If God has used this message to impact your life today, I'd love to hear about it. Drop me a message at jeremy at mountainviewwhitehorse.ca or on your favorite social network at Pastor Jeremy Norton. 
To get connected with Mountain View Church or to support Mountain View Ministries through a financial gift, please visit mountainviewwhitehorse.ca. That's mountainviewwhitehorse.ca.